Today's guest is Ryan Colby, who spent seven years at Uber and who is now head of go-to-market for Tomorrow Health. He joins HME News in 10 to talk about how companies with marketplaces like Uber and Tomorrow Health succeed or fail based on how they serve the supply side, a big reason why he's spending a lot of his time meeting with and getting feedback from HME providers. Colby also talks about how to take a process from scrappy to fully automated, why outliers are so important, and how technology doesn't just play a role in the company's business model, it's the whole business model. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. This episode of HME News in 10 is sponsored by the HME Databank. The HME Databank has the data you need to make knowledgeable decisions and move your business in the right direction. Determine your market share and track your competitors with the most comprehensive database of Medicare statistics available. For more information and to subscribe, visit www.hmedatabank.com. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for joining us on HME News in 10. Thanks. Really, really great to, to chat with you all today. So you're fairly new to Tomorrow Health, and when Tomorrow Health announced you would be joining the company, they called you a, a tech heavyweight. Briefly talk about your time at Uber and how you helped that company launch and scale in new markets. Sure. So, I mean, first, first of all, I'm not sure that, you know, how, how closely I resemble Rocky Balboa or any other heavyweights, but, but I did spend, you know, seven sort of action-packed years at, at Uber working on the ride-sharing business in particular. And, you know, I think this may sound a little strange to, to folks in the HME world, but seven years is a really long time in startup years. So, you know, it was a really great journey. You know, when I joined, we were, we were still operating like a true startup, which was, which was a ton of fun. In addition to, to some of the data and strategy work that I was initially hired to do, I also had the chance to handle all the, the sort of critical nuts and bolts of, of running a business that, that uh, we would later either automate or, or build dedicated teams for, which, which informed a little bit of my approach to, to, to that, sort of, that sort of work going forward. One of the most important things was the ability to move you know, any given process or strategy sort of along a continuum from really scrappy and manual all the way through to fully automated. And I think this is something that, that you know, we think about a lot at, at Tomorrow Health. So how do we go from something that is very difficult and onerous to do to something that can be very efficient, fully automated with technology? So the way we did it at, at Uber was you, know, you figure out the basics, you make it more efficient, then you outsource it. Uh, and then finally, you're able to build technology to either fully automate the thing or otherwise significantly reduce the amount of time required to do it. And so I think this, this sort of general framework ha has been pretty helpful over time. Well, and we know Tomorrow Health has partnerships with more than 125 health plans and hospital systems. How many referring providers and suppliers are part of that marketplace? Yeah, so, so you know, we're today working with thousands of, of supplier locations and, and tens of thousands of providers and, and health systems. And, and at least, you know, this year we're, we're targeting about 300% year-over-year growth. So, so a lot of really exciting, you know, exciting growth to come here as well. Ryan, you spoke a little bit about your experience at Uber and sort of the approach to new products and technology there. How will that inform your strategy at Tomorrow Health for growing those partnerships and increasing that participation in the marketplace? 
I think this is a really interesting question. It's one I've, I've thought about quite a lot, certainly in my early early months at, at Tomorrow Health. And uh, there are a few things that, that really stand out for me on this. But I think the first thing, and, and I referenced this a little earlier, it all really starts with great technology. And I think this is a little bit of what, what sets us apart. And I think that technology has to constantly evolve. So at Uber, first it was, you know, it was amazing to push a button and get a car. And then we had to figure out how to allow you to push a button and get a car in under 10 minutes. And then we had to do it in under five. And then we had to do it, you know, with all sorts of choice of what type of car and, and, and on and on. I think at, at Tomorrow Health, I think we have to do the same thing, do that same constant evolution. I think it starts with, with data, both qualitative data, which, which I think we'll talk a lot about. We're, we're really interested in getting more and more feedback over time from, from HME suppliers. I think we've, we've started to do that really well, but are excited to, to do it more, as well as from providers and patients and, and payers. And then also quantitative data that you know, we can get from, from our systems and from the industry more broadly. But sort of beyond the, the technology, I think we also have to you know, really pay attention to outliers. So they usually are telling you something, something pretty important. So for us at, at Uber, this was maybe it was a really long pickup time. Right? You, you sat and waited for, for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. At Tomorrow Health, it might be an order that's taking too long or went to the wrong place. And it only really takes one experience like that to really turn somebody off from your platform. And so you got to keep a really close eye on that. Two other things I'll mention. One is that you know, we really need to balance the, the needs of, of all the different stakeholders, right? So we've got, you know, payers and referring providers and patients as well as HME suppliers who use our, our tools. And you can't succeed if you don't have all of those. So if you don't have, you know, great HME suppliers, you won't have referring providers and vice versa. Uh, same thing was true, was true at Uber. Um, and then you got to understand what metrics matter to each of those stakeholders and how you can move them um, and, and really what good looks like. And then the final thing that I'll note here that I think is super important and a big focus of ours, certainly of mine in particular, is to really focus on the HME supplier community. So platforms like ours, regardless of the industry, really you know, succeed or fail based on how well they serve what marketplace businesses typically call the supply side. So at Uber, this was drivers. At Airbnb, it's, it's hosts. And for us, it's HME suppliers. And so this, this is a super critical focus for me and one that, that I've seen play out with other, other businesses like ours. Well, and Tomorrow Health has a variety of investors and an advisory board with people from big names in healthcare like the Cleveland Clinic and Humana. They believe in the company's model. Why is there a need for a Tomorrow Health in the market to streamline the home care process and elevate patient experience? Yes, I think you know, first of all, I think we've we've really seen a bit of a of a renaissance of, of home based care here over the last few years. It's driven by by a couple things. Certainly COVID nineteen has accelerated a lot of this. There's lots of new home based care companies, but but ultimately, and I think this this will come as no surprise to uh HME suppliers, that patients have a preference for, for getting this care at home. And we think this is gonna only continue, it'll continue this year and well into the future as more and more of this care shifts to the, you know, shifts even from post-acute to also pre-acute and patients benefit from, you know, better support for chronic conditions at home as well. Hospital systems are going to need to continue to invest in smoother care transitions to address all sorts of issues, like notably, you know, capacity issues and some of the other challenges in the, in the post-acute facility ecosystem these days. And then payers are going to have to continue to look for um, adopt and then expand those solutions that they can find that really enable this transition to the home. I think we've already seen some some pretty big examples of this over the last few years. And you know, last year, you know, one of the biggest being uh, CVS's acquisition of, of Signify. 
So they're, they're out there looking for this. And payers of all types are going to need to expand this home-based care set of home-based care offerings. You know, it could be through partnerships, you know, acquisitions like we just mentioned, or or otherwise, as they as they really really deeply understand the value in in bringing this sort of full breadth of home-based care to bear for their members. And and I think Smart Health is is really well positioned to to handle that handle that across the board. You gave us sort of a teaser of the role of data and technology in Tomorrow Health's business model. Can you talk a little bit, Ryan, about how that's evolving? Sure. First of all, I guess I, I certainly I wouldn't really say that that technology and data are a part of what we do. They really are the whole business model, right? I think you know there's there's sort of a an important symbiosis or sort of symbiotic relationship between great operations and, and great technology and data. But I we're you know, we're, we, we think that the sort of technology and the data aspect of what we're doing really is what makes us unique. So we're focused on, you know, a combination of building that, that world-class technology and on realigning some of the incentives in the, in the home-based care ecosystem. So, you know, we try to use that, that technology and, and those data to really streamline each part of the end-to-end process that, you know, providers and, and HME suppliers go through on a day-to-day basis. It starts with some sort of need for for home-based care from from a patient and then ends with the ultimate effective delivery of that care. I think we can do this because the the technology that that we're building is really purpose-built for each participant in the ecosystem. We're not trying to take a one-size-fits-all approach here. So, you know, we've got custom technology for health plans, for physicians and their staffs, for hospitals, for home-based suppliers and their staffs, and for patients. And so this technology is able to automate more of the process and reduce you know that precious time that that today all those stakeholders are spending on administrative tasks so that everybody can actually spend more time doing what they got into the into the business to do in the first place which is actually care for patients and i can give you a a real life example here from one of our patients so you know we had a pediatric patient who was who was pretty unhappy with the service they were getting from their previous uh, hme supplier and wanted to transition 32 unique products to a new supplier, and and understandably, I think their their physician was a little concerned about transitioning, given that complexity and the level of care that this patient required. But you know, with the technology, I think you know our team was able to go through hundreds of pages of clinical notes, reviewed the insurer and insurer and patient requirements, collaborated with the with the care management team, coordinated with all the suppliers, and even a uh, a New Zealand based manufacturer to ensure that. You know, this patient was well taken care of with with each one of those 32 products delivered on time, with high quality and covered by insurance. And so this is just one of the the examples where we see that the technology can really change the game from what can be an incredibly complicated, complex, and manual process to one that's just more automated and and able to allow folks to focus on what really matters. And you know, we talked a, a little bit too about aligning realigning incentives so that everyone's really focused on clear benefits to patients. I think this shift. To, to really making sure that we're delivering value is really critical. So the combination of these factors, you know, the, the more efficient tech-enabled workflows, realigned incentives, ultimately produces better quality and better outcomes. And I think this is something we don't, we don't necessarily see done as, as well as we'd like throughout the rest of the market. And it's an opportunity where technology can really play, play a key role. And as a bonus, you know, on the data side, we found that the payers and healthcare systems are super interested in the visibility that we're able to provide into what's really going on with, with their patients. So you know, a lot of really exciting stuff on the, on the tech and data front. 
What's the response to those who believe that Tomorrow Health or any third-party administrator adds another unnecessary layer between the referring provider and the supplier or patient? So, you know, I think this this is a great question. It's one that that obviously we 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 get every now and then, and, and I'm I'm really glad to be able to to speak to it speak to it here with with all of you. So, so I appreciate the the question. I think you know, we certainly don't think of ourselves as as an unnecessary layer. Obviously, I think there's a tremendous amount of complexity in the system that we talked about a little bit already. That's it really makes this area ready for innovation and optimization. And so our work streamlining and automating all these processes and realigning incentives truly does, I think, add a lot of value to the ecosystem. And that value is only going to increase over time, right? We continue to learn. We continue to iterate. We spend a lot of time speaking with HME suppliers and, and hear some of these same themes. I think we have a real role to play in, in streamlining and automating a lot of the complexities that, that they really face today. You know, we've talked about some of the ways already that we do this, but we'll zoom in on, on one example. So our clinical rules engine that we've we've talked about a bit a bit before streamlines the ordering and the order process for, for DME. It drives down hospital readmissions costs, reduces total cost of care, you know, all while saving a huge amount of time for, for HME suppliers in particular who no longer have to spend time going back and forth with ordering providers for documentation. This tool fully digitizes the ordering process with custom rules for you know the 3500 plus HixPix codes at the payer level meaning we can you know count for the differences not just across codes but also across the same codes for different payers and you know these clinical rules you know save a ton of time but they also ensure that you know physicians uh, PAs nurses and case managers too are able to to not be dependent on hundreds of pages of detailed health plan guidance and checklists and FAQs and all sorts of other materials that often vary payer by payer and, and really add cost and time and slow down care. So you know, this can all really reduce those delays in care. It can improve care plan adherence. It can drive down readmission. And with the help of supplier partners, we can also just, frankly, in the data, see that we can get life-saving equipment to patients now within 45, you know, 45 hours, 48 hours, rather, a couple days, whereas before it might have taken a couple weeks. So a lot of really exciting stuff on, on innovations like the, the clinical rules that allow everyone to spend less time, better outcomes. So it's one of those areas where we see that, that the technology really can be a game changer for everybody. Great, Ryan. Well, thanks for joining us. This has been super interesting, and we appreciate your time. Thank you. It's great to chat. And that's HME News in 10.